Celebrating female role models across our community, live from Marta Christie College in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to Be Like Her Live on Live at Marta. Welcome everyone, live from Marta Christie College in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Be Like Her on Live at Marta. My name is Lily and my co-hosts today are Jess, Monique and Scarlett. Our special guest today is Faye Rouge Nazwabi, who was a teacher who taught in China for five years. Okay. So, Faye, mm-hmm. what made you decide to teach in a different country? Oh, well, um, that's a very interesting story. It was actually the first inspiration that I ever had was probably, funny enough, at Marta Christie College. Mm-hmm. Um, in year 12, I uh, wanted to be one of the leaders for the school, so I actually applied, which is really, really interesting, actually, because um, mostly international students would have applied for this kind of leadership role, and I applied for the international student uh, uh, representative, which um, the, the international students actually voted for their leader. So, yeah, they um, they decided that they that wanted to vote me in, and I really enjoyed working with the international students. I used to go there uh, to to the international students, help them with the bridging and stuff between the local students and the international students, and I really um, gained an interest for learning about new culture and new languages and things like that. So, um, from that experience, I actually went into uh, teaching and during my undergraduate degree I had the opportunity to go to China and teach there for one month and I absolutely loved it. It was my first overseas trip and I loved it. Oh no, it's a four question. <laughs> oh, you want to ask? You go ahead. Uh, so did you know any Chinese before you went to China or did you just kind of go on like a whim? That's a good question. Actually, I studied in Mount Christie. They had an option for us to study in year eight. We did Chinese, a Mandarin. We studied Mandarin for just one year. I only studied one. I didn't really learn a lot. I learned the basics like, you know, greetings and things yeah. like that. But I didn't actually continue after year eight. I studied French after that, which is funny. Mm-hmm. I continued with French. But um. Yeah, so I did. I had really basic things like "hello, um, you're my friend" and things like just really basic things. And then when I went there, I really immersed myself in the culture and uh, learned a lot of Mandarin. I had to almost survival yeah. mode, you know. I had to learn Chinese so that I could communicate, learn more about the culture and things like that. Yeah. Mm. Um, what were the schooling hours like over in China? Um, so I was teaching uh, early childhood, so it was kindergarten, but it was a uh, very, it was very interesting because I. You know, here in Australia, the kindergartens, you might have like a shift kindergarten where they have like one morning they do one afternoon. But in China, the kindergarten, they start from as young as two and it goes from like all day from I think it was 8.30 till 4.30 every day. Wow. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was all day and they provide everything at the kinder, including lunch and, you know, nap times and things like that. Yeah. What are, like what subjects was it like? Like what was the layout of the school day like? Because I know that can be different in different countries yeah absolutely no that's a good question so at the kindergarten where I was teaching it was actually uh, actually an IB program international baccalaureate so they started that from age of three Mm -hmm. and uh, we taught like in general the um, what they were actually teaching is similar to what they teach as far as skills um, in kindergarten here skills and you know things that they learn but when I was what, how we were teaching it was using the IB framework. So it was very much theme-based um, and, yeah, just basically teaching them all the skills and what they needed to know through themes, basically. Um, so how was school uh, – wait, sorry. <laughs> how is school in China different to Australia? 
Um, how's it different? I wouldn't say the actual content of what we teach is different. I'm talking specifically for early childhood, which is yeah. the area that I was in. It wasn't so. What was different? What made it different was the actual culture. Um, the culture really influenced, uh, you know, the students, uh, how they developed their behaviours. Because you know, like here in Australia, we're very used to being brought up, you know, in a in a family sort of uh, environment, whereas the children are mainly brought up by their grandparents. And so, and most of them were like, because of the, the, the policies in China, most of them were single students, uh, you know, so they didn't have siblings, a lot of them. So, you know, that, that influences also the way that they behave and interact with other children. So, you know, it wasn't so much, um, it, it was, sorry, it was more, a lot more about the culture than anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, um, what was like some of the things that they said where you, where you were a bit like shocked by that? Um, things that that I was shocked about. Um, I I wouldn't say well, it's different. I wouldn't say I was very shocked, but you know, in in China compared to kindergarten in Australia, they have someone called uh, like a life teacher, which or we call them an AI, which means like kind of like an auntie. But they kind of stay in the classroom and they do a lot of the social not social, sorry. Um, development skills like toileting and feeding and things like that but I think that they bring that like they kind of interact with children like their grandparents Mm -hmm. so just sometimes the way they talk to the students was uh, very much like a a grandparent figure and they you know uh, compared to a teacher kind of we have like more nurturing and yeah Yeah. yeah, so it's kind of a little bit different to see that it wasn't yeah it's not, not what we see here in Australia yeah what was the most challenging part about teaching in China the most challenging part uh, was definitely the language barrier. Mm. Um, you know, you really have to change as a teacher. You really need to. Sorry, did you ask me the question? Oh, you asked me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You really have to. Um, you know, like use a lot of body language and learn how to to manage a classroom without them really understanding anything you're saying. And you have to make it enjoyable because they're young children, their attention spans really, you know, small. And um, so you have to use a lot of body language, a lot of um, movement, big movements and high pitch and low pitch and keep changing to get them to, to maintain their attention. And to, you know, like they're obviously going to gravitate to people that they know and are comfortable with from uh-huh. their culture. So to kind of be an international teacher, and, you know, to get the students uh, to feel comfortable with you, you really got to make a huge effort. So I think the language barrier was the biggest challenge for me in mm-hmm. China. Mm-hmm. Do you think um, that you were treated differently because you were not from there? Like, do you think ever there were times um, like that? Absolutely. Like, it, it depends. In the school, not so much. Um, uh, you know, like, it was funny. When I first went to China, actually the, the people were very curious about me. Like, I don't think there was a lot of foreigners in my city. Yeah. You know, a lot of people would stop and say, can I take a photo with you? Can I, you know, I was like a celebrity. Everyone wanted to know know about me and take photos with me. But as more foreigners started coming into the city, um, I, yeah, like, I was just kind of another person that just stared at as I walked down the street. But in the school, um, I think the, the people – we're really fascinated to have international teachers there. They really respect international teachers. They have a really high respect for them. Um, you know, they always go to them and ask them questions about what it's like being in their own country, you know, teaching in their own country and, you know, what, what advice we'd have for their students if they want to go learn overseas and things like that. So, yeah, they, and they call you. It's funny because here they'll call you, you know, Ms. like, for example, they'll call me Ms. Nasrawi here. But over there, they'd call me just Teacher Faye. They call you Teacher, whatever your name is. That's how they refer to you in China. So it's kind of cute. How um how big was the school? How big was the school? So it was a. Uh, I worked in a couple of different campuses, but 
there was one campus that was like a double-story building uh, with about eight rooms and the, the bigger campus was a three-story or four-story building, but we used the three floors for teaching and there was about 12 rooms, uh, kindergarten rooms. Um, how many students were there per class? Oh, that really depends on the age group that you're teaching. Mm -hmm. So for the young children, I, um, I've taught all the, the different age levels, but for the youngest, the two-year-old, uh, there would be um, up to 20 students in the class. And then you go up to the, the highest level, which is five to six-year-old, which would be like a primary school mm -hmm. here, wouldn't it? So we yep. taught primary school in the kindergarten in China, which is different. Um, and there'd be about up to 30 students in that class. Yeah. Wow. Did you have a favourite student like that you you secretly favoured? We never have favourite students. <laughs> no. Oh, look, I love them all. They're all different and very individual. You know, everyone has their individual personalities. There's uh, some that you connect with on a different level to others, but yeah, you know, you love all the students. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, did you continue teaching once you moved back over to Australia? Yeah, so I've only come recently uh, back to the country this year. So. I, um, yeah, a lot of the mandates and things changed, you know, with the situation at the moment and I had to get a lot of paperwork in order to be able to teach back in Australia. So I've just applied now for my VIT. Before I left Australia, I didn't need to do any of that. That wasn't yeah. a necessity. You know, you didn't need to have VIT registration. That was like 2013. So I've come back and all these rules have changed and I need to get all these paperwork together. And so I've just done that now and I'm just waiting for my, my teaching license, basically. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you have any career challenges due to your gender? Oh, it's interesting. No, because I worked in a mainly female-dominated uh, field, so I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that. Um, what I did find interesting is that there was a lot of males that did actually come into to kindergarten teaching, international teachers that came into kindergarten teaching, which there wasn't so many. You don't see so many. I don't know unless things have changed in the last ten years, but I haven't seen so many male teachers in Australia. So. Yeah. What were some of the challenging challenges you faced? Um, some of the challenges you mean just, just as far as leaving there, or as as teaching, or um, any both. Any? Yeah. Oh, um, some challenges I faced. I mean, until I learned enough Chinese to get around, it was you know I, I just had some really interesting experiences. Um, you know, like when you go to a completely different country, you can't speak the language, you don't know how to get around. I I have this one memory of. Um, of like when I first got there and I couldn't speak a word and I had to go and buy things for my for my apartment and I walked to the shopping like to the mall to the shopping center mm. and um, when I got there I, I got all these boxes and things I needed for my house and then I had nowhere to get home because I couldn't tell the taxi driver where my house was I didn't know how to speak Chinese and I couldn't contact anyone so what I ended up doing is buying a bicycle sticky taping everything to the back of a bicycle <laughs> and then like carefully riding myself home so you know um, there's like challenges like that trying to and the hospital systems there are so different from here. Uh, I will say they're very efficient and very fast as far as getting results, but, you know, they're a bit scary when you're not used to something mm -hmm. and, you know, the practices that they do is very different from what you see back home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, yeah, it was a great experience though. Yeah. If you were just tuning in, you're listening to Be Like Her live at MARTA, live from your MARTA Christie College in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Lily and my co-hosts today are Jess, Monique and Scarlett and our special guest is Beirut Natawabi. So, um, what made you want to do early childhood instead of high school? Well, that's, that's a good question. Um, I, I just felt like I always loved acting and, and arts and crafts and creative things and I felt like that could be really used, utilised in an early childhood field. I love children. I've always loved young children, like working with them. So, I thought this would be a good field for me. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I, I went into that. But funny enough, when I started doing that, I also started realising that, oh, it'd be cool to to learn, uh, you know, to go up a level and learn into primary school teaching. So I actually did go back to university and I studied um, to get my primary school teaching qualification as well. And I also was really interested in the area of um, special education. So I did a master's degree in special education as well before I went to China. So all those kind of, yeah, I could actually teach uh, according to my degree up to year eight, but I thought, yeah, I kind of prefer the, <laughs> did you teach, sorry guys, but I kind of prefer teaching the year <laughs> younger students. <laughs> So, like, what was the actual, like, con- like how was, like, the actual country China? Like, was it any different? <laughs> was it any different from, uh, like, Australia? Like, t- Yeah, I mean, the country itself is, yeah, it's an amazing, it's an amazing country to be in, actually. And to be honest with you, I was really naive when I left Australia. I didn't have any over- overseas experience besides that one month that I spent teaching in China. So, I mean... I just kind of like threw myself in the deep end, so to speak, yes. and you know, but you, there's so many amazing things. Like I, I had an image in my head what China's like, and it was so different from what I ever expected. Um, so yeah, sorry, didn't want us. No, you're right. You're going. <laughs> yeah. So I just, um, uh, yeah, it's a very, very different. It's very fast paced. It's very populated. It's, um, you know, the culture is completely different from here. So there's, a, I mean, a lot of very different things from what you see every day. I mean, you got so much space in Australia. You don't have that in China. Yeah. You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, were you affected by COVID while you were over there teaching? That's a good question. So actually, it's really funny. I came back to Australia to visit my family because it was a school holiday um, just before COVID had broken out. Um, so I was here in, yeah, I think it was January, f- February. And then they said, uh, there's this new virus. And actually, our school said, you don't need to come back home, like stay overseas um, until we say you need to come back. So I ended up spending instead of three weeks, three months in, in Australia uh, or two months, two and a half, maybe something like that anyway. And um, and yeah, then I, I went back. By the time I actually went back, all the lockdowns had ended. Um, but it, it was a very different China to the one that I had previously been to, you know, like it, everyone was very cautious. And I guess the same thing in Australia, I'm assuming happened here, you know, more people were cautious and you hear a cough and you're just like, oh, you know, like what's going on? You know, like it's just a completely different world when I went back the second time. Yeah. So uh, how like long were the holidays? So you mentioned like you had like three weeks of holidays? Uh, yeah, that was for the Chinese New Year. So that's their biggest holiday. There was uh, three to four weeks usually um, for the Chinese New Year. And that's usually um, end of Jan to mid-Feb kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the biggest holiday. They don't celebrate Christmas there. But because we were foreign teachers, they did give us five days, which is really nice. A lot of foreign teachers didn't get that. But my school was giving us five days for Christmas. Um, we really like that. And then they also have... Um, they have a few other holidays. They have their all, all their public holidays, and they have um, oh, they have another one. It's like a winter hol- no, mm-hmm. so that was a winter. The summer break as well. They have a summer break which is about six weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what would you say has been your career highlight? My career highlight. Well, it really gave me an opportunity to shine being in China. You know. It, um, I mean, I could have progressed here as well, but just being another country, I, I just feel like. It gave me that extra push and um, I had the opportunity to to do things like um, in my, my third year of teaching, I was also doing, I was the uh, PYP representative. So um, I was uh, doing a lot of that, learning about how to apply to become an IB school and um, I was also um, – 
the curriculum coordinator, the chief chief curriculum coordinator for the school for a while. And at the end of my uh, time in China, I also became the vice principal for the kindergarten. So I had opportunities to <laughs> to to progress, which was really really nice. Yeah. What was um? Oh, sorry, I forgot my question. Uh, what was like? When was like the times where you're like, I can't do this type thing? Like, were you ever like, ah, oh, I can't really do this or I. Um, look, there, I wouldn't say I can't do it. I felt like they challenged me a lot because in China, when you're a capable person, when they see that you're capable of something, they just keep adding and adding yeah. and adding. They don't know when to stop, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they saw that I was capable of doing a lot of things. So they kept putting more and more responsibilities on me. So, you know, by the end of my my um, time there, I was a vice principal, I was teaching, I was recruiting for the school, I was doing several different jobs to the point where I'm like, okay, I need now I need you guys to help me out, you yeah. know. So that was, became a bit challenging and just to say to them, you know, if I'm going to do something well, mm. I need some, some more, you know, more support from, you know, yeah, the school. So, I mean, I think that was the, the biggest thing for me, yeah. Mm. But um, did you come back to Australia and did you, like, continue teaching when you were when you came back here or? Uh, look, I've just applied for my VIT, so I'm waiting for that. I can't wait to get back into teaching. It's my passion. I love it. Yeah. Um, but before I left China, I was I was teaching in Australia for a couple of years as well, and I did I did enjoy that. Um, yeah, in Australia, I'm looking forward to get back into it. Where yeah. do you think you'll, like, go after it? Like, once you get, like, your... My, my certificate? Yeah. Uh, my teaching certificate. Yeah, anyway, um, uh, I... I'm hoping that I can actually, because I haven't taught in primary school, even though I've got my degree, um, I'm hoping that I can kind of uh, get a bit more, like kind of follow a teacher around for a bit and then um, get into a special education in Mm. primary school. That's what I'd really like to do. Um, It's something that I've always kind of enjoyed. Um, I did a little bit of experience in there during my master's degree. And I think working in special education is really rewarding. So I feel like Mm. that's somewhere I I might want to head to. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. That's all we have time for today. Thank you to our guest, Faye. It has been a great pleasure talking to you today. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. It's really nice to be here. No worries. Live from Marta Christie College in Melbourne, Australia, you have been listening to Be Like Her on Live at Marta. My name is Lily and my co-hosts today were Jess, Monique and Scarlett. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have found the information today useful. Until next time, have a great day. Celebrating female role models across our community, live from Marta Christie College in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to Be Like Her Live on Live at Marta.